You are listening to the Patriot Pastors Podcast, where we talk about today's issues from a pastor's perspective, as well as calling America back to the faith of our fathers. Pastors Wade Lentz and Harold Smith are your hosts. And now, let's get started. Hello and welcome to the Patriot Pastors Podcast. I am your host, the pastor of Lee Creek Baptist Church, Harold Smith, and I'm joined with my co-host, one of my best friends, a longtime Bible preacher and the pastor at Barrel Baptist Church, Wade Lentz. Wade, I feel like we ought to open up with Welcome Back Cotter music where it says, welcome back, (laughs) welcome back. I agree. Man, it has been a long time since we've done a podcast. It's been over a month, but uh, you have been very busy. I have been very busy. It has been crazy. So we're off our sabbatical. I know I was on vacation for about two weeks. Then we had a children's camp that we attended for another week. And you too, you've been on vacation as well, right? Right. Yeah, we've both had vacations. We've both had uh, extra things going on. We had a conference at our church where we hosted, I think, 40, 40 preachers at our Preachers of Grace conference this year. So between getting ready for that and then cleaning up the mess after the, that many preachers leave, that was, a, that was a pretty busy week or two for me. So, um, yeah, and, and both of us were like, we need to do a podcast, but when? You know, when right. does it work for you? When does it work for me? I'm busy this day. You're busy that day. It was like we never could just get together and sit down. We both had things we wanted to talk about. We just never got, a, got the time to do it. Right, right. And there's so much we can talk about today. I mean, just what has happened the last few days in Afghanistan, just horrendous of the scenes that's taken place, horrendous of the people, the American citizens that have been left behind, um, ally Afghans who have really been a help to us left behind. It is a total botched pullout. And um, we could certainly spend a lot of time on the incompetence of our president, but we won't go there today. We want to focus on something that we, our last podcast dealt with patriotism and the church and why you and I felt that it's, it's not best for a church to have a patriotic service uh, with, you know, during a Sunday service or whatever, Um, We talked about the American flag being on the platform and why it's best for that not to be. And you can listen to that podcast to to get a better feel of where we stand on that. But after that podcast was released, I I received some some emails and some messages saying, oh, wow, you you don't believe that uh, a pastor should no longer uh, be involved in the political scene and should never call out uh, political issues. And I was like, no, that's not what we said at all. And sorry that you had interpreted that uh, podcast that way. But Harold, if we're going to define politics in the pulpit, how how would you define politics in that way? Um, I, I believe that when we talk about politics, we're really talking about government policy. I think we're talking about issues that are in government. And so this would just some quick illustrations would be 
maybe a bill that was currently being considered in Congress. Or you could take it a step further and say, it might be a candidate who's running on a specific policy. You know, if I'm elected, I will do this. And so while I would probably stop shy of saying, vote for this man, because he has all the answers, you and I would agree that no man is our, our savior, has the answers, any of that. And all politicians have let us down in some ways. But when we talk about politics, we're talking about policies. We're talking about positions in which you and I could pick up. Now, not every policy would be of interest to me. So, you know, if you're talking about, you know, financing particular thing that really, I don't have a biblical stance on how we should fund new roads, you know, but I do have a biblical precedent for how we treat unborn children. I do have a biblical precedent for how we treat homosexuality. I have a biblical precedent in these areas. So when that shows up in politics as the man behind the pulpit, I have a responsibility to address those because they directly affect not just the church that I pastor, but they directly affect the community in which I live in. And we're to be salt and light. So we shouldn't refuse to shine a light on politics, or we shouldn't refuse to use our savoring Christian influence in politics. So that, I guess that would, would sum up my position on it. What do you think, Wade? Oh, I, I agree wholeheartedly. I think uh, one of the reasons that we are in the mess we are in America is because, uh, for the most part, churches, pastors have neglected to deal with the political aspect of our world. And, and you really cannot divorce politics from our Christian faith, which many people have tried to do over the years and have tried to, uh, you know, put me into the position of, uh, oh, you're not, you don't need to be speaking about this. There's a separation between church and state and all of those things. Of course, they're taking that out of context, but, uh, yeah, we need this desperately. We need pastors to be calling out sin, whether it is in the personal realm of our life or the political realm in which we live in. Yeah, I agree. And I, I think when we look at politics, we see just this complete and total refusal by preachers to to deal with anything political, it's almost like it's taboo. And I remember the first time I ever addressed anything political in, in, uh, in the pulpit, I was, you know, maybe two weeks into my first pastorate. And this old, you know, 80 something year old man came up to me and stuck his finger in my chest and said, when you enter into that pulpit, you leave your politics in the parking lot. And I said, sir, when you enter into that voting box and you close that curtain behind you, you don't leave God out in the parking lot. You walk in there as a voting Christian man. Amen. And uh, I really just, the Lord gave me some boldness there to deal with a senior saint that was really offended by what I said. And about six or eight months later, that old man came to me and he said, you know what? You were right about that. We, we do have a biblical responsibility to carry our Christian values everywhere we go, even into the ballot box. And so uh, I, have, I have maintained for a long time that this, like you said, false wall of the separation of church and state, it is really a one-way wall. 
the Constitution says in the First Amendment, Congress shall make no law respecting the establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof. It doesn't say that the church or the pastor can't say anything about Congress. It says mm -hmm. Congress can't meddle in the church's business. And we know that this is the original intent of our founding fathers. They opened Congress with prayer. They yeah. wrote a Declaration of Independence where they recognized their freedoms and their rights were given by a creator, a God, that they knew didn't just originate with man. And so our founding fathers recognized that that religion plays a role in society, but what they were trying to do, Wade, and, and giving us this First Amendment was to keep the state from enforcing any kind of religion upon its people, which is what England did with the Church of England, which mm -hmm. is what the Church of Scotland did, which is what the Roman Catholic Church did, and virtually every reformer threw off the yoke of Catholicism and implemented some Protestant form of religion that you were forced to pay for. Mm -hmm. And so it's not a freedom from religion. It's a freedom of religion. And right. I think too many preachers have bought the narrative that they can't say anything political because it would be biblically wrong and uh, legally wrong. And, and that's just nothing could be further from the truth in both cases. Absolutely. I think a lot of reason why pastors do not deal with anything concerning politics in the church is just because if you want to start in a debate or if you want to start an outright argument, even among believers, then speak about political issues. And so in, in fear of that, they just stay away from it. And, and that's really detrimental. But, you know, the pastor today really has to come to grips that there is a widening gulf between the two main parties today, unlike there, what there was 30, 40, 50 years ago, where the, the main differences many years ago between the Republican and Democrats was maybe tax issues and uh, how we spend military funding and all those things. But now, wow, there is, there is such a, a gulf between the two that it is one, the Democrat party stands on a platform that is really anti-God. It is anti-family and that needs to be brought out and it needs to be spoken from. And, and, and I, I firmly believe one of the reasons why it is imperative for pastors to speak on these issues such as politics and certain uh, government policies that we are seeing rammed down our throat is because of the worldview that the average Christian uh, has today is a worldview that has been shaped by the media, by Hollywood, um, by the school system, and really not a biblical worldview. Yeah, And so your people, your church, they need help to help, uh, help them formulate more of a biblical worldview rather than the secular uh, worldview that is so rampant today. Yeah, 
pastors need to realize if they uh, if they have two services a week, Sunday morning and Wednesday night, let's say, they're giving their congregation two hours of instruction, roughly. If their congregation goes home every night at six o'clock and turns on the network news, the media is giving them seven hours of instruction a week on how to feel about certain things. If that pastor takes his two hours of the week and says, I'm not going to deal with anything, uh, anything that's current, I'm just going to preach the gospel and nothing but the gospel, so help me God, then what you've done is you've instructed your people in the gospel, but you've given them no working application as to what that gospel does in their life, how it affects their fellow man. You've, you've stripped them of the salt and light aspect that Jesus said believers have. I'm not saying you get up one Sunday a month and preach politics, mm -hmm. but if you're preaching for an hour and you're dancing all around a political agenda or you're dancing all around a political um, policy and you're trying not to, to touch on it, just take two minutes and say, look at what's happening in Afghanistan. You know, if things do not change uh, and we continue on this trajectory, this could happen in neighboring countries and ultimately end up happening here. There's nothing wrong with that. You, you haven't displeased God by addressing a political event of the day mm -hmm. or a political group of the day. I'm not advocating that your sermon should look like a uh, an electoral speech, but we should not be afraid to talk about abortion in the pulpit. We should not be able, we shouldn't be afraid of talking about critical race theory in the pulpit or sure. intersectionality or even Black Lives Matter. These right. are all political ideologies that are creeping into our world. And when pastors just shun them, mm -hmm. they leave their people ignorant of current events that need to be addressed from a biblical perspective. Right. And, and wait, here's what I find funny. The guys that tell me I shouldn't talk about politics will do a whole series on biblical courtship. How yeah. that your daughter <laughs> and her potential husband have to set a King James Bible with the part on the couch. <laughs> but I can't say that we shouldn't support abortion. Right. Or, or right. they'll say that, uh, you know, all these all these things about, you know, just crazy outlandish things which are not mm -hmm. bad things, sure. but it's yeah. okay to preach on that, but don't say anything that might lead someone to change how they would vote and to vote more biblically sound than they were before. That's all wrong. Yeah. Right. I cannot fathom that way. And I hear it all the time. Yeah. You know, you're telling me something just prior to the start of this podcast about an amendment that I was really not familiar with, and it's called the Johnson Amendment. And let me just read to you very quickly, to those who are listening, what it says. The Johnson Amendment is a provision in the U.S. tax code since 1954 that prohibits all 501c3 nonprofit organizations from endorsing or opposing political candidates. Section 501c3 organizations are the most common type of nonprofit or organization in the United States ranging from charitable foundations to universities and churches. The amendment is named for then-Senator Lyndon B. Johnson of Texas, 
who introduced it in a preliminary draft of the law in July of 1954. Hmm. uh, What do you think about that? Well, I think right then was a pivotal event in the lives of churches. I think Mm -hmm. right then the government crossed over the line. Lyndon B. Johnson was a senator. I just read earlier the First Amendment that said Congress shall make no law. Mm-hmm. Now they'll say this was not a law. This was an amendment. This was a, it was just a tack on and it didn't apply to blah, blah, blah. And they'll have all kinds of lawyer yeah. jargon to, to jump through that loophole. But here's what happened in 1954. All of the sudden churches were threatened to lose their tax exempt status. If they endorsed a political party or candidate, you and I have already agreed. The solution is not endorsing a political candidate we're, we're not right. going to say joe blow running for senate has all the answers right right we're not going to say don't vote for for jimmy walker because jimmy walker has all the wrong ideas yeah but what happened was is the american people all of the sudden realized our pastor shouldn't be saying anything about politics no your pastor shouldn't be endorsing a political party or candidate. So in other words, it wouldn't say Lutherans are backing Joe Biden, or it Mm -hmm. shouldn't say that Presbyterians for Bush or, you know, Baptists for Trump or whatever. It it was stopping these groups from putting their wholehearted support behind it because they're nonprofits. And what churches did was they went, they backed away from it and they didn't educate their people and their people then since 1954 have come to the conclusion we shouldn't talk about this right because we it's against the law Uh and pastors have just shied away from it and so um there's two things people don't want to talk about and that's supposed to be politics and religion and in reality if you're a christian you should be you know interested in both even the yes. bad ones you should know what your adversaries are doing and you should know what their end game is so that you can combat it. And I really just feel like beginning in 1954, churches quit doing what they had been doing for centuries beforehand, even in America. Right. You can look back and find all sorts of sermons and quotes on all sorts of politics. And pastors have a responsibility to do that. But in 1954, by threat of losing tax-exempt status, they they just shied away from it. And here we are nearly 70 years later, and it's it's taboo to say it. Absolutely. And it's so evident that there has been such a leftward drift of, since 1954 because, like you say, so many pastors and churches have just stopped talking about uh, politics in general. And, you know, but you have to ask yourself, uh, was Elijah, was he wrong in confronting King Ahab? No. Uh, Was Moses wrong in going to Pharaoh? Was John the Baptist wrong in calling out the sin of King Herod? Absolutely not. It is imperative that we as gospel proclaimers call out sin, especially when sin is being seen on a public level by a uh, public servant. Sure. And uh, so it's definitely, it needs to happen. We, we have got to get rid of this mindset that 
we cannot talk about politics in the pulpit because politics is, uh, you cannot divorce it from our Christian faith. And so it's, I would say, I would ask those listeners who are listening to us, does your pastor speak about anything on on politics uh, as far as the uh, the government policies that are uh, anti-Bible, anti-God? And if he does not, ask him why he does not. And, and just see what he says. Uh, ask your pastor why he is afraid to talk about these things because your people, uh, the people in, in America are going to be influenced by the world if you, pastor, are silent on these issues. I really think we have a word, we have a phrase for this. It's called politically correct. Mm-hmm. And I think we have too many pastors today who want to be politically correct. And, and by that, they think they shouldn't discuss anything political. But when we go back and look at Christians throughout history, we are by our very nature politically incorrect. It doesn't mean that we're some kind of rebellious people in society. We want to live quiet, peaceable lives. We pray for our leaders. We obey them right up until the point they tell that they cause us to disobey God. And then we choose to obey God rather than men. But we've got pastors who don't want to offend anyone in the church. Sure. Well, friend, our gospel is an offense. And when we apply our gospel to society, it is offensive. Right. And so if Christians don't take serious their responsibility to society, I I would say that pastor is derelict of his duty. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying he needs to say, uh, you know, join us this Sunday as I will be preaching on why you should or shouldn't vote this way. Right. But as you go through scripture, and I've seen this over and over in my life, as I'm going verse by verse through a book of the Bible, something in those verses tells me, wow, that's exactly what we're seeing happen in Congress this week. Mm -hmm. That is exactly what this political candidate said last week. This is the, you know, I've seen this, you know, pastoring the same church for nearly 14 years It has amazed me looking back how many times I was going through a book of the Bible and something in our, whether it was local politics at the school board level or the mayor, something that our mayor was doing or opposing that we should be opposing as well, or whether it was at the state level. I mean, I've seen so many crooked politicians at the state level and you warn people about you know, your sins will find you out. You know, these things are not going on, you know, no, they're not remaining hidden. Eventually the Lord's going to judge you for this. And then you'll see a politician who's been engaged in, 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 you know, embezzling money for years, get caught. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, guys, this is exactly what we're talking about. Right. And that's what I mean when a pastor shouldn't be afraid to engage in politics from the pulpit. It's not a sermon on politics. It's not a, it's, it's rather just an absence of fear in using politics to make your application. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Your people ought to know where you stand on certain issues. Bottom line, they ought to know where you stand and why you stand there. There there shouldn't be a question mark. I wonder what my pastor thinks about critical race theory. I wonder what my pastor thinks about, 
uh, government overreach. I wonder what my pastor thinks about this or that. There shouldn't be question mark. Your people should know. Yeah. Uh, you're, you're the shepherd. You ought to know, the sheep ought to know where you stand on these issues. And so I would say to, to pastors, hey, grow some rhinoceros skin, grow some thick skin, get courageous in these days, because if you're not going to be courageous, then your people are not going to be courageous. And what is going to, what is so needed today is courageous soldiers of Jesus Christ proclaiming the gospel and calling out sin when it's very public. It took, think about the courage it took for John the Baptist to confront King Herod about his sin. Mm -hmm. Think about the courage. We don't have that today for the most part in our uh, American churches, especially as pastors. We don't have that, and we need that. We've lost that holy boldness, and we're paying the price for it right now. And, you know, the thing I, I guess that really just aggravates me to the core, Paul did all of his ministry under a dictatorship of a Roman government. They, they didn't have this freedom that you and I enjoy as Americans where we can vote not only on our, our represented leaders, but we can vote on much of our own laws and policies. And I have so many Christians that I've encountered, mainly on social media, who tell me they're not involved in any way politically. They don't vote. They don't care. And I'm like, it is a matter of loving your neighbor that God gives you an opportunity to weigh in on a policy that's detrimental to your neighbor, your children, and your grandchildren, and you said idly by. Mm -hmm. And then I back up and I look and I go, wait a minute, I know who their pastor is. And I couldn't tell you where that guy is politically. I have no idea where he stands on any major political issue. And right. that's why he has an entire congregation of politically inept people in his congregation. Sure. And I'm not saying this, Wade, because I want to see America, America return to some capitalistic, Republican, you know, mm -hmm. grandiose religious revival or political revival. I'm saying this because these policies have a direct effect on your next door neighbor. Yes. And when we look at the policies that are coming out now, especially under the COVID pandemic, we're talking about people being forced to be vaccinated. We're talking about people losing their jobs. We're talking about real poverty hitting people based upon public policy right. that pastors should have addressed two and three years ago. Absolutely. And they did not. And now we're, we're seeing it. And, you know, if you've got, if the Lord's given you a pulpit and a group of people to prepare to serve him in the world, and you're not preparing them for that task, that pastor's derelict of his duty. Amen. And we may never see, uh, America may go in the toilet and we may all be living, you know, in a concentration camp somewhere. Mm -hmm. But we can say, we warned them. We had our, our neighbor's best interest at heart. We wanted what was best. We wanted a government that closely aligned with biblical precepts. We wanted to promote the things that we believed. And we can say that we did our part. You know, no man's blood is on our hands. We tried. Right, right. exactly. And, and it, may never, it may never occur, and we may lose all the freedoms that we have. 
but shame on the pastor that silently sat by and watched that happen. Absolutely. Uh, I agree. And we'll probably just end it right there because that's a, a good outro there of how we are really commended and commanded to call out sin regardless of where it is at. But we want to thank everyone for listening to this podcast, this episode of the Patriot Pastors Podcast. May the Lord bless you.